Hi, I'm Tom Hendrickson from MyITCareerCoach.com, where we build great tech careers, and welcome to Tech Career Talk. Today, we're going to talk about being a leader, a technology leader, with Nate Bualda. Nate, introduce yourself to the people here from Tech Career Talk. Hi, my name is Nate Bualda. I'm a technical product owner at John Deere Intelligence Solutions Group in Urbandale, Iowa. Over the years, I've filled all sorts of roles, ranging from developer through product owner into architect. In my current role, I advise our API teams on how to best design and deliver software for our API customers. So now, Nate, you kind of touched on something there, and I think it's important. Talk a little bit about your career progression, because I know I talk to a lot of developers, and they, they're always wondering where to go next or, or maybe some advice, but Talk to us about kind of your career path and, and how you, that's evolved for you. Sure. So I've been in software development since around 2001. I was fortunate to have an internship with Discover Card the last two years of college. That allowed me the opportunity to pursue looking into what a tech career would, would look at, would look like. That program was a very well-run program that exposed me to what, what it was like being on a team very early on, and I felt very fortunate to get that sort of a really good exposure to software development very early in my career. It also exposed me to the fact that there's a lot of different ways your career can go in tech, ranging from maintaining ancient arcane technology such as IBM mainframes yeah. all the way to uh, broad uh, UI design well through um, talking about uh, modern technologies and using data to to guide systems and decision making and, and things like that. So after my internship, I got hired on as, as a software developer, and I ended up mostly in the web space. The majority of my career uh, has been as a Java developer of one sort or another, either back-end or front-end. I moved from being a software, just a software developer into more of a senior tech lead role around 2006, 2007, so it took about five years to move from intern entry level all the way up through into what could be considered, I would consider it more of a senior level uh, developer position. Uh, at the time I thought I was a tech lead, but I don't think I was ready for that then. Yeah. So um, would you say that's typical, Nate, that five or so years or what would you say? Yeah. So a lot of recruiters will say that you've moved from the the junior to mid-level software developer around three years. Mm -hmm. That's when you'll start getting recruiters to really that are interested in trying to move you from your first position to your next position. That's where a lot of large enterprise companies consider you you've had enough experience now that you're, you're ready to, to take on a more mid-level career role. Mm -hmm. Right around five to seven years is where a lot of those companies start looking at you as a technical lead. Mm -hmm. um, whether or not those, 
time frames mean anything is I think it's debatable, but it's right around then that people start considering you for those. And, and it's for a decent reason. Mm-hmm. It takes a, a certain number of experiences under your belt before you can make the decisions that you need to be able to make at the, in terms of design choices, language choices, um, stuff like that for mid-career. And then just an overall exposure to the business side of software and the, the people side of software that it takes to be a technical lead. Um, that that comes kind of later. Yeah. Uh, or at least it did for me. So there, there's a concept of the whole 10,000 hours to, to become a master is something that I, I really do feel that applies to software development. And so I would say it's from entry to, to mid career where you can be given a, a design of a system and say, here, go make this right around 10,000 hours. Yeah. And we need to put in the time, don't we? Yep. Then, then after that is, is what's your next 10,000 hours going to be? Is it going to be diving deeper into larger system design and uh, process flow and management and stuff like that? Or is it going to be more of leading people and helping build teams? Um, is it going to go more into a more specialized uh, type of technology such yeah. as uh, high, big, high performance backend data processing or very technical UI work. So it, it's kind of like there's this first half that you need to get through and then there's this this second half and then after that everything, it's whatever you want your career to be after that. Yeah. Then you pick and choose. Yeah, there you and you should. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that you should, um, I'm a polyglot programmer. So I said that most of my career has been done in Java, but there, there's no reason why you should restrict yourself to one type of tech or one technology, one company, one experience. Technology is such a broad concept that you should, you should explore until you find what works for you. Mm -hmm. Um, this means it can be a little bit uncomfortable because you might be bouncing from a job from job to job for a little while. Yeah. But it what one of the things that's nice about technology is you can um you can do that be, just because of the breadth of of the topic and just how many jobs are available in in technology these days. Yeah. Yeah. So that brings up a good point here and a question I want to ask you Nate how do you stay on top of the changing uh, landscape as a developer? Because like you mentioned, you don't want to pigeonhole yourself, but you want to stay on top of things. How do you do that? A couple different ways. Um, the, the biggest thing is, is you need to, and this is not only just for staying on top of technologies, but for just generally growing your career and keeping options open, is make a network. Mm-hmm. Uh, join user groups, join trade groups, go to conferences, Get get out of the office. Get out of uh, the house. If, um, go meet folks. Just build up a, um, a a good network of different contacts that you can can leverage to help you learn. One of the biggest things that I tell myself when that's important to remember in technology is 
there's always someone who knows more Kung Fu than you. And you always know more Kung Fu than someone else. Yep. So you're, you should always be learning and you, and you should always be teaching. Mm-hmm. And so by leveraging that network, you can constantly keep yourself uh, up to date with skills because it, with, because of the fastness of, of the topic, it, it's impossible to, to, to stay on top of everything. But you should always ha- always keep in mind that, hey, th- there's this cool thing I could do over here that I've never done before. I've never done it. Instead of being scared about it, let's go find someone who did and help and learn from them. Awesome. So then I guess to build on that, what, what would you say are the pain points you face as a technical leader? I would say the major pain points as a technical leader are the same major pain points that any kind of business leader runs into. It's communication. Hmm. Being able to communicate often becomes, being able to communicate is is a very good way to to build yourself up as a a leader in in technology. Hmm. A lot of the challenges in tech are the algorithms and the, the programming languages and learning the syntax and, and what frameworks to use where, where and when. Mm-hmm. But those are easily solved by going out and doing a little bit of research, educating yourself, and in most cases you can find a pattern to get around them. Communications yeah. is constantly fluid. Um, and you constantly are learning how to have to deal with new personalities, uh, to deal with new uh, personnel challenges, um, understanding the, the, the needs of, of the people in your organization and helping them achieve their goals. Yeah. And, and in order to do that, you have to be able to get them to communicate, getting your teams to work together. So here, here's, a fun, here's a fun thing that I've run into recently. So as a technical product owner, I work with several teams. We recently moved into a new facility, which is really neat. It's a really awesome building. Yeah. And all of the teams that I work with, save one, sit within 50 feet of each other. How often do you think those those teams actually stand up, turn around, and talk to each other? <laughs> I would like to say a lot, Nate, but being a developer myself, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's probably less than that. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, I legitimately had a, a meeting um, I think it was, yeah, it was earlier this week where I sat the scrum masters down that I work with and I said, look, I'm going to start scheduling play dates for you guys <laughs> because you sit right next to each other yet you refuse to talk to each other. Yeah. yeah. And so the, the biggest, the biggest challenge and pain point is always communication. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter the size of your organization. It can be, you can be a three person startup and have communication issues. Yeah. Um, it's not confined to large enterprises like John Deere. Mm-hmm. So Nate, what advice would you give someone just starting out as a developer? I would say be open to new ideas. We don't know what technology will bring us in the next decade two decades and more than likely things will change. Yeah. It's just a given in the field. Mm -hmm. And so you need to be, 
ha have a curiosity, have, have a desire to explore new things and don't, don't feel like you need to, to hold, hold yourself up in one area and, and, um, be a Java developer or be a JavaScript developer, be a software engineer. Mm -hmm. And to be a software engineer, you have to to be willing to go out and explore and learn new things and understand that technologies are going to change. And if you don't change with them, you'll get left behind. Yeah. I like that. Be open and be curious. Yeah. Good advice. So where do you see things as you look into your crystal ball, Nate? Sure. Where do you see things moving in the future of software development? Um. I think that the trend of the remote worker is, is going to become bigger and bigger. Mm. Um, I don't see, despite there being some very public recondensing of, of certain organizations that, that tried to do the whole remote thing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that just because of the, 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 the needs for, for labor, the needs for talent are so great that in order to, to, to meet those needs, every organization will have to be open to having remote workers because as much as I would like everyone to move to the Midwest and, and have a great career here, I know that that's not going to happen. Um, and but I still want to be able to have the best folks, the best talent on my teams. And so I have to be open to, to having remote developers from anywhere in the world, not just in the U S yeah. from any, anywhere in the world and have them be able to be effective and be able to contribute to my organization. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I, I think that will continue to grow. I think that data and the management of data, is going to be a huge challenge. Yeah. So not just collecting it and processing it and turning it into useful things, but protecting it, using it wisely, not abusing the, the trust you've been given by your customers. Um, yeah. I perhaps, can see perhaps creating a, a, the idea of data ethics and, and having to apply those to, to our, uh, to our discipline. I think yeah. that maybe sometimes we feel like we can do whatever we want and, and in most cases we can, but I think that customers are going to in, in, in society as a whole is going to start pushing back a little bit on that. And we're, we're going to have to have a solid basis of ethics mm -hmm. around, around data um, moving forward. Yeah. So those are the two, probably the two biggest things I think culturally, that organizations will have to deal with in the next decade is the, is remote work and data ethics. That's good. I like that term data ethics. So, so Nate, as we kind of draw to a close here, do you have any closing thoughts to share? Yeah. To anyone who, who's new in, in technology, I'd say, welcome. You're, you're in for a treat. This is a very prosperous, very boisterous career choice. There are so many options ahead of you. Um, I'm kind of jealous of the folks that are just getting into technology now because I can't imagine what's coming in 20 years, in 30 years. Uh, yeah. I, there's there's some some incredible technologies that are just on the horizon that will unfortunately be outside of my career window. 
and it makes me insanely jealous. <laughs> um, uh, and, and I, I would say just be open to learning, be open to exploring and, um, you'll grow your career in ways that you never even thought of. Excellent. Thanks for coming on, Nate. Hey, no problem. If you have any questions, please email me, Tom, at myitcareercoach.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast. I'm Tom Hendrickson from My IT Career Coach, where we build great tech careers. And thanks for watching Tech Career Talk.